How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Today I'm here with Katrina, talented designer and illustrator. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Uh, pretty uh, slow week for me so far. What have you kind of been up to? Uh, me too. I'm planning an in-person activation for a brand, which is like my very first kind of time doing this. So it's interesting, yeah. but uh, it's pretty cool. And um, I'm designing book covers for fun right now because I'm really trying to like break into the publishing industry. I really want to design a book cover. So mm -hmm. uh, it's been a fun week. Yeah, I've seen you uh, talk about that a little bit, like saying you want to <laughs> do that. And it's funny because um, I think that it's uh, like a cool niche and I don't know a lot of people that are involved in it. So I, I've never even talked to anyone about that. But it's funny how everyone kind of has this like one thing they really want to do. But a lot of people have a different opinion of like what's their most favorite thing they want to do. Like some people want to do album art so bad or like design for mm -hmm. this kind of brand or design a book cover. And it's hard to figure out sometimes like the steps when you've never done that specific like niche yeah, or whatever. Yeah, I'm like literally just shooting my shot, like sliding into author's DMs of books that I really like. Um, it's been really interesting because I've gotten some helpful replies so far and like yeah. people are just really nice in general. So it's it's like cool to talk to new people. Yeah, I feel like you're um, like specifically some of the more like flat illustration you do could cater well to like, you know, millennial maybe like <laughs> uh what is it called young a uh, ya or whatever yeah, YA, like yeah, type stuff that's the yeah. goal yeah <laughs> for sure what was it um i was reading i think i was reading it on either your website or i listened to a little bit of the talk you did with the adobe thing where you were like talking about your work and stuff but mm -hmm. you said that you used to study uh, sustainability and stuff in college yeah. and what was that kind of experience like yeah, it was, I mean, I picked sustainable environmental design because it was like the only major that had the the name design in it, basically, because Berkeley <laughs> has no no design program whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and that was like the closest I could get. And I really used to want to be like an architect when I was little. And I was like, yeah, oh, okay. kind of like meshes the two together. Um, it was not like what I would have expected. It was a little bit of like landscape architecture, but it was also some drawing and like mm -hmm. other skills that I was able to use which was great but like one week I'd be like watercoloring in the forest with like a landscape drawing class but then the next I would also be trying of like calculating the rate at which like the sun hits a building and so it's just yeah. like it was, I don't know it was like a really interesting experience I think I learned to appreciate learning different things even though I knew mm -hmm. that was not what I wanted to do in the end um but yeah, it's given me kind of like a good perspective. And I also really just love taking on like clients in terms of branding projects where they have sustainability in mind and it's one of their missions. Mm. Yeah. And I, I feel like you make a good point about even if, you know, that was a lot more maybe math or like science stuff than you would have liked in terms of being a designer. I even found when I was in school, cause I didn't go to, I went to school in a design major, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like a design school, right? So I still did random courses about like GE. So like about, you know, science or religion and all this like random stuff. And they don't necessarily translate to like being a better designer, but it did help me be like, 
I think a more rounded person, like just learning all this random yeah, stuff. Exactly. And if anything, it solidifies your interest in the other thing you actually like even more. Cause you're like, I know that stuff's boring. So I'm going to stick to, to this kind of yeah, shit. I think it really helped me prioritize my time. Cause I would have to like be really diligent about how I spent it. I'd be like, okay, I can dedicate like this time for whatever homework and projects and this time for things I like actually want to do. So I think it taught me time management, which I think is really <laughs> important in this job. Yeah. Yeah. Especially freelancing. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone has a different kind of system, I feel like. But what have you found kind of works for you in like freelancing and time management stuff? Um, I try not to take on more than like two to three projects a month because I know mm -hmm. like there have been months where I'm taking on like four or five and I feel like the timelines like projects tend to go oh i don't know if it's just me but projects always go like over time like estimated yeah. all the time and so it like blends into other projects and i get really stressed out and i've just kind of learned to kind of set hard deadlines and like say no to projects mm -hmm. that are like that i know are gonna take a long time and i don't know i think the work-life balance thing has become really important to me especially just recently um just because i feel like we're at home all the time and it's so easy to constantly be working but yeah, i need to set that real. like hard timeline of like okay i don't have to do this i can just like go read my book or like go for a run or something right yeah i found too with client stuff even if it goes out a lot of times for me when stuff goes longer it's annoying because it's out of it's stuff that i can't like um I can't like fix like they're waiting for some kind of thing yeah, to tell me what yeah, to yeah. do next and mm -hmm. it's like but I want to start this other project so sometimes I'll tell them like okay like you guys took two weeks to get back to me about this thing so you have to wait another like week because mm -hmm. I need to finish this other thing I'm doing now because <laughs> you can't just let people make you wait for like ever you know it's kind of yeah it gets like that sometimes I've noticed yeah and I think one important thing I've learned is just like picking clients that you want to work with who like understand and respect your time that's such a big one because i've definitely had right. a few clients that don't do that and it's just like it makes the whole process a lot less fun so just picking people that you vibe with is probably like yeah the number one thing that i've learned is like the most important thing in this industry for sure and i feel mm -hmm. like i'm lucky enough now in my position in my career or like i guess to have this like privilege where if i'd really like it has to be a lot of money or something for me to do something that I don't like at all, you know, cause mm -hmm. that usually turns out bad cause you're not as like passionate about it yeah. or you're not as into it. And like, it's always those people that want to give you like the revisions and shit. <laughs> so like there's so much resentment I feel like built in from like the front that it's a recipe for disaster. So if it's something like really, as long as it's not like morally opposing to what I think, if it's just boring, <laughs> I'm like, it has to be pretty good because I really don't want to do this. It sounds not that fun at all. Yeah, I've definitely gotten good at kind of like vibe checking clients and being like, okay, I think <laughs> I'll have fun with this project. Yeah. What, um, you, uh, the design stuff you kind of got into then, I think I saw you said at some kind of club, right? At Berkeley. And then, mm -hmm. um, what kind of got you to like, see that and actually you know i saw flyers all the time and stuff and like actually pursue it and then also what kind of kept your interest i guess and kind of sparked that like passion or whatever 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I was always just exposed to art as like a little kid. I think my mom mm-hmm. used to take me to a bunch of like coloring workshops or like art lessons and stuff. And so that yeah. always kind of stuck with me. I always loved like arts and crafts and stuff. And then when I okay. went to college and I took that like flyer, I was like, oh, I can learn how to make something like this. And I feel like I've always loved like sketching, always like making little weird things. And I think the idea of like being able to just like take a blank canvas and then create like whatever you want out of it and have it look really cool like that mm-hmm. that was something that was really appealing to me so I like applied to that um class and I got in and like the first lesson I was pretty much locked in I was like this is this is like the coolest thing I've ever done and um I think like the feeling I got was just like I don't know how to describe it but I think mm-hmm it's kind of stayed with me throughout like this entire time, the last like five years or so since I've started designing. And it's just like, there's really nothing like taking something blank and then like having an idea and then being able to execute it and just like put it out into the world. There's just like mm-hmm. something very magical about it. Yeah. And I feel like since you guys were all kind of doing this thing that wasn't offered, like you kind of had to make this like club or classes on your own you guys probably were a lot more um passionate about it because it wasn't something you were like required to do it was like oh yeah definitely I think uh I think that's one upside of going to a school that didn't offer a design major it's like we have an we actually have an incredibly strong like student-led design culture there which is really cool because everyone is just like super passionate about it really driven because no one else is offering it to them so they're just like finding a way to do it themselves and it's very scrappy and like yeah some people when we were in school like they never got out of the idea of like high school where they were just kind of like fucking off and my mentality was like you're like no one's making you do this and you're paying so like they don't care if you don't try you know the professors aren't gonna like care that you didn't get the most out of this like thing that you're trying to do you know yeah i think um I don't know. I think going into college, I definitely had that high school, men- a different high school mentality where it was like, oh, I have to get perfect grades, blah, 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 mm. just because I think I came from a high school with that culture. And then I think the pandemic really shifted everything because it gave me the option of just like pass, no passing every class. I wasn't having to like work oh, okay. for an A or anything. And so I felt a lot of the pressure taken off. And I also like realized towards like my junior year, which was right when the pandemic hit, it was like, I don't. Like, why am I working so hard for these classes that I clearly, like, don't want to pursue as a career? Like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life, like, calculating the angle of the sun and stuff. So, like, why am I busting my ass to get an A in this class when it's, like, I could be working on a brand and, like, creating conceptual posters and doing things that I really enjoy? Yeah, for sure. And you do a lot of that kind of, like, passion, personal project stuff. And I I like to think I do that, too, because it's... I think a really helpful thing for people to just do, especially when they're like dried up in client work or whatever. But yeah, how, uh, how do you think, like, would you kind of suggest that to all younger designers and stuff? Definitely. I think it's just like you get such a different feeling between like doing client work and doing paid work versus doing work for yourself. It's like completely different. And I used to think, oh, as long as I'm like designing something, I'll be happy. But like if I was just Mm -hmm. only doing client work like 24 seven, then I just don't think I would. I think I would be burnt out a lot more. And I think like I would be just unhappy. But like being able to work on something you're genuinely passionate about, I think it's just like it shines through that much easier in your projects. Like when you're really, Mm -hmm. really like into something, it'll show through and people will see that um, like 
for instance, I made a magazine like just kind of celebrating the end of college and like dedicated yeah. it to all my friends and stuff. And I think that passion really, really showed in that. And I think a lot of people resonated with it because they were like, oh, I, you inspired me to make a magazine of all my friends too. And it's just like uh, projects like that really keep you going. And it's great that you, it's great to have like client work and other, your if you're a designer at an agency or whatever, it's great to keep doing that. But mm -hmm. I think designers really need that side project that they're really passionate about to like keep them up at night and like just excited about design, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, it's a lot closer to like, you know, art in a sense where you're just creating stuff like for yourself, even if, or for some kind of brief that you also just made up. Mm -hmm. But like, I found that sometimes I, some of my best stuff comes out of that personal stuff because exactly I don't know, like you, no one's making you do it. Like you do it at your, and like I go hard on it, but like you do it at your own kind of pace and like feeling. And I, sometimes I'm like, damn, I almost think this is, turns out better. I want to figure out how I can translate this feeling into like all the real yeah. life projects <laughs> I do, you know? Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel that too. But it's just like, I think a lot of people give personal projects kind of like a bad rap because they're like, oh, it's a concept. Like you didn't actually mm -hmm. do it. It's not real life work. So you shouldn't apply to places with like only personal projects. And it's just like, I don't know. I think, I think personal projects can turn out really beautiful. And it's like, it doesn't completely matter if it's not real because it's just like, if the work speaks for itself, then you should be able to apply with it. Um, I mean, I get right. the importance of like real life projects as well, because it shows that you worked with people and you have deadlines and like you executed on something that exists. But mm -hmm. I think there's importance in personal projects, too. Right. I feel like um, it's very double sided. Like I could see the side of if you don't have any real stuff, it's harder for to convince an employer or a client that you can actually do the stuff that isn't the designing, like handling mm -hmm. all the project. But on the other hand, if you don't have the personal stuff and like these cool things that you're making up on your own, I would almost feel like you you need someone to tell you what to do almost like you, you're not able to come up with these like little worlds in your own mind. And I think there's a good balance of having both. And I've noticed at jobs I've either gotten or just interviewed at a lot of times, you know, how sometimes like at interviews, um, they'll look through like with you with your portfolio mm -hmm. and stuff and talk to you about stuff. A lot of times they always talk to me about like just the shit that I'm posting on like social media and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. there's something to say to the doing that stuff, you know? Yeah. Like every time I've interviewed for a job, um, they always kind of have me walk them through like my favorite project. And it's always like normally a personal project. And they're always like, Oh yeah. Like I saw that when you're applying, it really stood out to me. And so like yeah. every time I get the chance, I always just speak about a personal project. Yeah, that's good. Um, what I, you, I know you claim to kind of work or specialize with like Gen Z and millennial mm -hmm. type branding and DTC stuff. Um, did that, did that like specialty or trend that you of your work kind of happen organically or did you set up your practice like with the goal of focusing on that? Oh, um, I think, yeah, I think I was really into branding because I took a student led again branding class my sophomore year mm -hmm. of college. And I think that really just like opened the door for me to start building out these brands on my own, completely conceptual. And so 
I started Brandtober, which is kind of like Inktober, where it's like you create yeah, a brand a day. And that gained a lot of traction on Instagram. And that led me to my first real life client, which was Hyper, which was awesome. Um, I still work for them today. And um, I don't know, she like completely trusted me with her rebrand. She was like, yeah, we're going to be going into Sephora. And I'd like never done any of that before. So um, really opened the door there. And I think I had a really good experience branding that. And so I was like, it's fun to do conceptually. It's also fun to do in real life. And then <laughs> I guess I just kept getting inquiries just about brand design because I kept making like brands and showing them on Instagram. Right. So now I just kind of, I guess I'm a brand designer, but mm-hmm. I think lately um, I would, I'm shifting more towards like just cool projects in general i don't really want to like put myself in a hole where it's like all i do is brand things because i feel like you can get tired of it um and it's just good to take on different projects to like i I don't know keep you energized and excited Mm -hmm. i also like to have like different worlds and like maybe everyone doesn't see everything that they know i can do for example a lot of the stuff that i do for actual clients is logo design and branding mm-hmm. and maybe would be look foreign to what you'd expect of, from what I would do when you see like just the stuff I post online that's like for fun and posters and stuff but um what's my point oh I like to do like different types of things that way like you don't want to just know how to do branding or just know how to do this or just know how to do that I feel like I would in theory like to be classified more as just like you know, overall like art direction. And that way mm-hmm. I can kind of do all these things because I found the reason I like freelancing is you get to work with so many different people. And I also like to do so much different stuff within those different types of people. Cause it keeps it kind of fresh and like yeah. you said, not getting bored of it or whatever. Yeah. I like, I think, um, I don't know. I think if I were to give anyone advice, just starting out in the design industry, like, mm-hmm if they have the opportunity, I would suggest interning at like a studio or an agency just because you get to see like so many different roles within a design place. And it's like, you get to interact with so many people and you get to take on so many different projects versus going in-house like, and then staying there for a really long yeah. time. You're kind of just doing the same job over and over again, which is cool because stability is nice. But I think if you have the opportunity, just taking on many different projects at once and like working with many different people is kind of the way to do it. Yeah. What was it like at Herman Shear when you worked there? It was great. I mean, I was like only an intern for like four months because it was like a summer internship and then it turned into kind of like a fall internship. But um, they were really they were pretty small when I started with them. They were like 10 people or so. Um, And I knew them because my friend got her post-grad job there. And so Mm. it was really great. Um, I think working at a small studio is really cool because you really get to like have an impact on like what you're making because like it's like every person counts you need them to be in it like at all times and I think they did a great job because at the beginning they sat me down and they're like what what do you want out of this internship and Mm -hmm. it's really good to like you know know what you want and I said just like throw everything at me I want to learn everything I possibly can so they gave me like web design social branding um, just like a little bit of everything and it really just helped build the kind of like a foundational skill set for me to go off and like start freelancing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And John's dope too. They have a lot of cool people working over yeah. there. I have a funny, like kind of relationship with him. Cause I always wanted to work there when I first moved to LA, when I was like super fresh and you know, probably around the same experience as when you intern there. 
and I've had it. I didn't. I applied before. I never got like a job or interview or whatever. Then I next year I had an interview with them and it didn't work out. And then the third year, they were asking me to like if I want to work on this freelance project with them just because I was doing my own stuff yeah. and forgot about them. And I that mm -hmm. project I ended up not working on because I was busy and stuff. But it's funny to see how like oh, I really want to work with this place, but it didn't work out and I just did my own thing. And then it almost like the tables almost turned around where they were like, <laughs> oh, you're still doing cool shit over there. So like, do you want to help us with this? And I think it was a good lesson where like, don't get, you're going to apply to a lot of shit or work with a lot of clients and shit's not going to always work out, but you got to just keep it moving, you know, and get yeah. to the next thing. Yeah, that's a really good lesson. What has been your favorite client to work with like in just your freelance practice so far hmm. um i think one of my favorites would have to be halia which is like the period care brand mm -hmm. um, they're based in the philippines and when they reached out to me i was really excited just because i was born in the philippines i lived there for six years like my oh, entire cool. childhood was there and so it's just kind of like a full circle moment for me to be like wow, it's awesome. Like I get to design like a brand and it's going to be mm -hmm. in the Philippines. And um, recently they launched in like, kind of like, I guess the, the Philippine version of Costco there. So mm -hmm. like they're on shelves there too. And it's just really cool to like keep up with them on Instagram and see how much they've grown. And I think um, just being able to take on a brand with missions that really align with mine, like they're sustainable, they're like uh, materials are biodegradable and it's like period care and kind of like taking off the taboo subject around periods uh, was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the clients you've worked with have been um, really cool because they've both like been fulfilling projects creatively, but they've also been able to like you're not compromising any of your opinions of like the world or whatever or like your yeah, morals and stuff. Yeah, I think it would be very hard for me to take on a project where it's like, I don't believe in this mission or like it goes against my beliefs. Yeah, right. I don't think I could ever say yes to that. Yeah, it's I like my the farthest I go is I'll work with big companies because like, you know, get the bag. yeah, <laughs> and uh, I hate big companies, but it's like <laughs> I can there's a world where you can not believe in like extreme capitalism and like hate these corporations and also take money from them, you know? So it's like, you have to figure out, but if it's something where it's like the actual, whatever their like mission statement is, right. Is something I don't agree with. There's no way I would work with someone that's promoting something like, you know, I don't know, racist or like something just mm -hmm. very bad because no amount of money like can pay for that. Like, I guess embarrassment I would feel to be like, I yeah. did this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your kind of process like these days when you work on a, a branding project, like from kind of start to, to finish? Oh uh, yeah. I feel like I've kind of adopted just a general branding practice that I've seen around where it's just like, you start off with a kickoff or a discovery call with the client and you just kind of ask like, oh, what are your general goals here? Like, what's your primary demographic? Who are we targeting? What emotions mm -hmm. are we trying to evoke? Like, why do you even want to have a brand or a rebrand basically just so yeah. that we're all on the same page? And then from there I go on and I create um, basically like two different art direction styles of mood boards that kind of go through like what I'm envisioning for the colors and the type and like the logo and everything. 
And then I present those two to them. And then they kind of say, oh, I love like the mood board of direction one, or like I love the colors of direction one, but the type of direction two. And we kind of just like go from there and get on the same page in terms of like what they're expecting it to look visually. And Mm so once they lean in one direction or the other, I go on and I create two different um, brand identities just based off of that one direction or mood board that we agreed on. And then from there, it's just like, you got to iterate and iterate. And then hopefully we just get to a place where we're both happy. Do you, uh, when you're presenting, like, let's say, you know, two or three, uh, like identity concepts for them to either choose from or like choose to then later, uh, revise, are you presenting the entire, like already in theory, like finished concept or are you, um, presenting like a piece of it first and then figuring out which one they like and then expanding on it? further uh i'm pretty much just presenting like an entire brand to them Mm -hmm. and then like depending on how much they like it it stays the same or like changes a lot um but yeah i think it just helps me completely visualize like a full completed brand and yeah presenting that just makes sense to me right because i've tried it multiple ways i've tried a strategy where uh let's say it's from from full from nothing they don't have anything to all Mm -hmm. the way branding where I've tried where I start the first half of the or first phase of the project where we do the you know get on align with like what we what we need to do and everything and then I'll prevent or sorry present logo ideas right so three logo concepts and then from there whichever one we finalize I'll then later like I'll finish out the entire branding Um, because I don't want to do all the accessory stuff if I'm not Uh even gonna choose that option you know But then I've found that part usually works, but doing it the way you're saying I've also done and the way that way works a little bit better sometimes because they can see the logo in more like context. Yeah, yeah. yeah, because sometimes if you show it without branding, it can maybe be, um, let's say it's like just a typographic like word Mm -hmm. mark. It can maybe be like underwhelming. Right. And they don't see the vision because they're just like, that just looks like a font or something. (laughs) Whereas like, so I feel like sometimes when you're just presenting it logo wise, you almost have to overcomplicate the actual Mm -hmm. logo to sell it. So I don't know. It depends on the, for me, it depends on the client and like what they need. Cause sometimes I don't want to build out the whole brand if they're just going to be like, well, we like that idea more anyway, you know? Mm, That's fair. I don't know. I think I just, um, I just get a lot of, fun out of building brands so I guess Mm -hmm. I just don't mind building out the two and just presenting it and usually what happens is they kind of like a mixture of both so it's just kind of good to have these options for them so they can like fully see what I'm trying to achieve Mm -hmm. yeah I've had the I've had good outcomes come from like them liking a mixture and then sometimes like they want you to do this weird like Frankenstein of like these two Mm -hmm. completely contrasting ideas (laughs) It gets a little bit weird, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the stuff you did with Hyper, though, was really cool. And are you um, basically just running, like, their creative now for the most yeah, part? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, like, just considered just, like, a full-time employee with them as well. So I'm their creative lead. Uh, what's great is just she lets me freelance at the same time. I just technically have, like, a non-compete with other skincare brands. So mm-hmm. um, I just take on other things that aren't in that space. But uh, it's really cool because we're still, like, a pretty small company. And so everything we do kind of just, like, goes through me. And I get to decide on, like, the merch and, like, the next photo shoot idea and stuff like that. 
Are you creating like smaller day-to-day stuff for them? Like social assets or like things like that? Yeah, yeah, I, I am. But I also recently got my first intern, which is really exciting. It has been really great. So it's like good to be able to like pass on the torch and like teach her yeah. what I know and just like have her handle day-to-day things as well. Within a sh- Is that an intern um, within that company or for you as a Oh, like, no, it's person? within that company. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I've always wanted like a assistant or an intern, but I feel like... Um, there's times where I could warrant it and then there's like other times in the year where they wouldn't be having anything to do. So it's yeah. kind of a, a weird balance. Yeah. Do you think you'd ever want to have like an up and running like studio with employees? Hmm. I think it'd be cool, but I would almost rather do it where it's like two, three, four people that are all on like a pretty even level and specialize mm-hmm. in different stuff. And we all kind of like uh, Avengers, you know, type like situation. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. if I do well in managing a lot of people below me, but I'd be yeah. down to collaborate with other like people I feel are on the same page as me. Yeah, I think like I I used to really want to like have my own agency and like be able to run things, but then I realized the higher up you go, it, the more managerial it gets and like mm-hmm. I feel like the less design you get to do. And so now I'm just like pivoting and I'm like I think it's fine if I'm just a one-person studio. <laughs> Right. I feel like there's a lot of pros and cons because with the studio or the agency life, you get to do the big, big stuff that you see Mm -hmm. on like the articles and things. You're like, oh, my God, they, you know, did this thing for Nike or whatever. But you're a smaller portion of that big thing. Whereas like when you're by yourself or working on a a project as a freelancer, I feel like even if the grand scope is smaller, you get to have more of an impact on the actual like project. Yeah, exactly. And I think I just, maybe it's just because I'm still, I guess, new to design or or like Mm -hmm. it's been like five years, but I just really like being able to kind of like have control of every little thing that I put out versus like, I don't know, just the idea of letting someone else do it for me makes me kind of sad. Yeah. They (laughs) say like um, when you hire somebody to, it takes a while, like for a while you're doing more work having them help you because you have to teach them how to help you and then it Mm -hmm. ends up working out but that's why people don't like people that come and go a lot because they never get to get the reward of hiring them you know because it's just like (laughs) training and then training another person and and so on yeah so i think think it'd be cool though uh (laughs) how do you uh delegate your time between hyper freelance practice and then you do a lot of like, I guess, like content creation or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I guess I guess I do. Um, I, I guess the kind of like work balance kind of ebbs and flows just depending on what Hyper's doing. Like if we're gearing up to launch a new product, I'm pretty busy with them. So I mm-hmm. kind of like put other things on the back burner. But um, I've just found that you're able to achieve a lot in a day as long as you just like stay focused. So it hasn't really been too big of a problem for me yet. Um, And I think just like having the flexibility of like being able to work at home, not having to commute anywhere has been like a really big time saver as well. So it's just like, I don't know, you you get a lot done. And I feel like, um, I don't know if this is bad or not, but 
sometimes when I sit down to like create content or whatever, I don't really view it as work. I just view it as like mm-hmm. downtime for myself. And maybe I'll like put a show on in the background and just like draw. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. But I guess that does really blur the lines between like work life balance, which is also kind of a problem, but I don't know. Um, it hasn't been too bad. So yeah, yeah. that stuff is so like nuanced. Uh, I've spoke about it before how, so graphic design is my career and graphic design is also my favorite hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just like, it's like, Oh, I need to do all this work on this screen. And now that I'm done, I'm just going to go to this other screen and do the yeah. thing I want to do. <laughs> but it's, in a sense, it's all like the same the thing, same. but yeah. it's different. So it's harder to, if you, if you grouped it all together, you could say I work like 10, 12 hours a lot of times, you know, mm-hmm, but yeah. if you separate it, I only work for like six hours and then the rest yeah. is fun or whatever you want exactly, to call it. Exactly. Exactly. And I've, um, recently just started this new rule, which I think has helped a lot. Um, and it's basically like every weekend I just completely shut off from like mm-hmm. my computer and I just like, don't do too much design work at all. I mean, it's it's only been like two weekends of me putting this into practice, but I've found that like on Monday when I return back and like do everything, I just feel so renewed and like, yeah, it just makes me feel so much better. So I think I'm going to try like sticking with this for a while. Right. I, I, re- I read this book recently. It's called Rest. Um, I highly recommend it for people that struggle with like, you know, turning off or disconnecting from their work because the the general like idea behind it is that rest isn't just the absence of work or like downtime that you have when you're not working it's something you need to deliberately like schedule and pursue because rest like you need that and then um you need to work too because like one of my favorite quotes was um a day of hard work creates rest that later can be enjoyed without guilt you know Mm because when you sit around doing nothing all day you feel bad about yourself, but when you work hard, then you can't wait to sit around and just chill or whatever. Yeah. And I just feel like, I don't know, people always feel bad about like taking breaks, but I think I've just kind of shifted my mindset in the sense that like breaks are very productive because then mm-hmm. it prevents burnout and it's like just really necessary for your health in general. Yeah. And sometimes I'll uh, struggle on something that maybe conceptually where I'm trying to figure out like where I want to go with either a YouTube video or a design project or a freelance project. And I just like to go for like walks and stuff like sometimes mm-hmm. in the middle of the day or even just like do something that is so easy that you just turn your mind off like a laundry or the dishes or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. that's sometimes when you, you could waste all that time like stressing about it, but sometimes you figure out the thing right when you stop because you already put yeah. all that work into mm-hmm. it. And then your like subconscious mind like figures it out for you. It's like one of those like, you know, light bulb like moments or whatever. Yeah, definitely. I've also just found like I get a lot of like my best ideas, like just taking showers, just like mm-hmm. not doing anything that requires hard work. So yeah, I just got to take more breaks. The only part that sucks about that is when it's like an inconvenient, like you need to be in a position where you can like remember it, you know? So like, oh yeah. if it's sometimes I'll have an idea and I'm like in bed, I'm like, fuck, I got to get up and write this down, <laughs> you know? Or, Cause I, yeah. I like to put my phone and stuff in a different room. Cause I used to oh. get up and like be on my phone in the morning for like an hour, waste time. Oh, yeah. So I leave I'm it in the office and mm-hmm. I'll be like, Oh, it's like 2 a.m. I'll wake up. And I'm like, damn it. And I go over to the office and write like 
I'll just write like green or whatever like the idea <laughs> was for the thing. I've started just writing down ideas in like a notebook just because mm-hmm. like I feel like I always have a notebook next to me or just around me and so like being able to jot that down has been really helpful so I'll just have a random yeah. page of just like ideas for Instagram. I, I always carry around these like field notes or whatever oh, some kind of mm-hmm. some kind of version of of this uh, moleskin or whatever. Uh, I found that writing it down like all those high school teachers or college professors that don't like you to take notes on your laptop, I think they're onto something because oh, definitely. I have more 100%. retention when I write it with my hand, I think. Yeah, I could never take notes on a lot. Like I've always written all of my notes like just on paper. And then like when I study, I used to just like have like 10 highlighters and I would just like highlight pretty much every line and just be burned into my like mind. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um do you enjoy like uh so you work with hyper right and you do a lot of that's like more where we were saying in-house and you're working solely on like this one brand and expanding on it and then you Mm -hmm. also have your freelance practice and like content stuff which is a lot more varied do you enjoy um focusing more on the one thing and expanding and expanding it or like starting something new every like month or whatever Ooh, i can't say that i prefer one over the other just because I think with hyper it's just like so unique like I really created it from end to end like the rebrand and so like everything Mm -hmm. I'm doing is still really exciting for me because it's like I set this foundation and now I get to build on it and like see how much I can push the brand guidelines that I set for myself first and just like seeing it grow into this like little baby and it's out in the world and like people Mm -hmm. use the products and stuff has been like surreal to me and so that has been like a really rewarding experience and being able to like work on in a team where people like all equally care about this product and really yeah. believe in it has just been like, I think another big thing I've learned in terms of just like post-grad lessons is just like the people you work with really makes a job versus mm-hmm. just like, you know, the actual job itself. Like it's so important to be able to like, like your coworkers and like vibe with them. Um, and I thought, I think I used to be more of like a lone wolf in that sense where it's just like, I'll just do everything myself. Like I don't really yeah. need like a, relationship with whatever my boss or whatever but I think like having that now I just don't think I could ever go back to for sure yeah and when you're a freelancer you gotta like yourself you know because you're your only (laughs) only employee sitting around all day I found with the pandemic I got a lot more not maybe not extroverted in real life but like engaging with uh mutuals or whatever online Mm -hmm. because I didn't get that randomness of talking to people anymore out in the in the world like when it was peak like lockdown or whatever I was trying to meet more people online because that was the only kind of thing you could do for a while you know yeah I mean when did you start like your YouTube channel and like I feel like you've been you 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 do a lot too like you do freelance and you have like YouTube videos you're like pumping out content every single day I know I I that's why I try to ask because like it's hard for me to formulate a like a solid answer for someone when they ask me how I do it all because mm-hmm. I just do it all I don't know like I just like it so it's it's when some it's hard to get burned out when you see something actually like improving and moving over time it's it's a lot more fulfilling I found that I get burnt out when something gets stagnant and I'm working on it for no reason type of thing but um What'd you ask me? I don't even remember what I asked. I don't even remember what I asked you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I 
Oh, when Actually, did I start I the stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much like COVID, like first, like let's oh, all stay nice. home. Uh, nice. Kind of obvious answer for a lot of people's kind of side mm-hmm. thing. Um, but not just YouTube, like that was always something I wanted to do. And I did, I've started that then, but I also just started actually trying on like the other social media apps. Like I used to just post my work like here and there and then wonder like why I didn't have any followers and like why I wasn't getting clients. And then I kind of developed out more of like a strategy, even if the strategy was loose and like post design work this many days or post this thing or Mm -hmm. try these reels or TikTok or whatever. And you know, I like to try everything and then I realize what I like and then I kind of just double down on those little sections. Um, but I think uh, you could sit around and, you know, not like to do this like content shit, but I think unless you're in like a super elite already situation, it's kind of inevitable and you need it just to get attention of other people sometimes. Mm, yeah. Do you ever just like, I don't know, feel like Instagram and like trying to get more followers has taken the fun out of like designing because sometimes I feel that and I get sad because I'm like I just want to design this but I feel like I need to like film the process and like set out my tripod and like film a time lapse of me designing and then I like get anxious yeah. and I'm like oh god everyone's gonna overanalyze like how I did this and then I have to like turn off the camera and just design it like in peace and then I just yeah sometimes I just feel like it takes the fun out of it I feel that um, a lot of times when I do like the reels design stuff, it's like, it's all fake. Like I'm reverse engineering the process mm-hmm. cause I don't want to, I design better without the camera yeah, and without the exactly. process. I f- it feels like there's actually someone watching me do it, you know, or whatever. Yeah, but, um, I get so anxious. <laughs> I, I, I think it takes the fun out of it if you only care about that. Like I mm-hmm. like that stuff and I'd be lying if I said like, getting a good YouTube video or like a reel that everyone says is cool doesn't make me feel good. That's just human Mm. nature and like dopamine or whatever. But (laughs) I also feel good just making something cool and posting it regardless of people like it or not. Cause, um, the stuff that does the best on social media, in my opinion, isn't always the best design work. So you can't be fulfilled by the external stuff only cause everyone just likes the shit that's like simple and they can like share and be like, yeah, that's cool. I like that too. But mm-hmm. some super cool design stuff doesn't even do well because it's very, maybe it's more like you have to think about it or like look at it longer. And people are like, we're all kind of dumb now, you know, and we just like scroll through <laughs> everything really fast. So you need something to like stop them. But I do agree that I think sometimes it takes the fun out of it. And when I start to feel that way, I just like cool off on, that little aspect of it like the process design stuff and then i just try Mm -hmm. to like do stuff for fun or do more like analog stuff like collage and stuff away from the computer yeah that's good yeah i've been trying to do like painting and stuff but it's just like very frustrating when you're just like not good at it and it's just like you're starting (laughs) from scratch and it's like you don't get the same i guess feeling of accomplishment sometimes if you're just like not as good as a hobby so sometimes yeah i should just go back to the computer (laughs) Right. I feel too mm-hmm. like the better I get at design or like type and stuff. And that's the stuff that people think that I do well when I do mm-hmm. other stuff. I think like I'm not allowed to be bad at it or something because yeah. I'm already like people expect it or something, even though no one cares about it besides you really. I at know. The end of the it's day, such a toxic but, feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I, 
that there's a good level of that though you know to keep you kind of mm-hmm. keep you uh i guess like driven in a way you need a little bit of like doubt so you're like prove yourself wrong type of feeling yeah or whatever. it's good to like paint because it really just humbles me sometimes i'm just like wow <laughs> really bad <laughs> so it's like refreshing sometimes where it's just like this is really hard i'm really struggling um mm-hmm. and you're just in that learning process of doing something new do you um with the stuff that you've done like with the reels like i know you had that one just blow up like crazy the where you're designing the poster in your house mm-hmm. or whatever um mm-hmm when that kind of happened is that what you thought like oh maybe I should actually do some of this stuff more often yeah kind of I mean I had no idea it would blow up the way it did I was just like oh I just like that one day I was like yeah I have no art on my walls and I'm a graphic designer I feel like Mm -hmm. I should probably make some I guess and I guess people really resonated with that and it yeah gave me a really cool feeling i was like wow that's awesome people like my work and i guess i every time i make a reel i'm just like trying to continue that feeling i guess yeah. which is you know i guess in some ways a little bit shallow because it's like yeah ideally you're creating just because you want to create but it's also like i guess being oh, i hate the word content creator but like being that now it's just like another way to keep getting opportunities and like it's right. part of your livelihood now so it's just like that's the way people contact me through instagram and stuff so it's just like i feel a little bit more pressure now to like create things that make people want to work with me right i that's like what i was kind of getting at when i said like like i don't think you have to do this content shit if you're like already working on all these dope ass projects and you're yeah. like one of those more like mysterious designers who just pops in and is like oh I did this for like yeah. this big ass person that's dope and like I respect that side of things but I'm not the best designer out there and I'm not like working on those projects right this minute so yeah why would I not like it's it's you're doing yourself a disservice not to try out all the different things that are possible I think yeah and I think that is ultimately like my goal being one of those mysterious designers who just comes out with like, yeah, I worked on this project and then you just disappear and then you come out with the next project again. That's like the dream. But right now it's, it's fun. Like I do feel pressure to make content and sometimes I get kind of bummed out by that. But like at the same Mm -hmm. time, it's really rewarding when like people are like, you inspired me to make something similar or like you got me into like design. Like that's a really cool feeling too. And just being able to connect with people that you don't know. Yeah, I feel like those people know I'm feeling like shit or something because I always get those messages when I'm like, I don't even want to do this shit anymore, you know? <laughs> and then they're like, thank you, I'm going to school or whatever and you help me with this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. But yeah. um, I found that even if I don't necessarily like the like short form content stuff, like I get a lot more fulfillment out of like YouTube and this than like mm-hmm. reels and stuff because it feels like, it, like it matters people are choosing to go like watch it it's not yeah. something that just popped up in their face and they were like fed but um the other stuff i've noticed like you know everyone complains about the algorithms and like the reach through like static posts how it's poor compared to like video mm-hmm. and it's just like it's so obvious because i could create like something super cool and sometimes it blows up but when i create a reel i start to see people liking it that never interact with my stuff and I'm like oh shit it's only showing them these I think because I haven't seen them in like a year you know like their (laughs) little name pop up or whatever so I think it's just something that 
even if the actual thing isn't fulfilling, I look at it as like a tool that, like you were saying, can help maybe bring future cool stuff that you actually want to like really do. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's it's good that I learned to adapt, I guess, to the changing algorithm because I remember when like everyone was freaking out when they were like, yeah, Instagram's no longer like just for pictures. It's going to be yeah. primarily like video platform. And everyone was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? And I was in that boat too, but I just... I don't know, I practiced making a reel or two and then I was like, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people too, like they say, I don't want to have to make reels. And I always tell them like, you don't just, you have to be okay yeah. with whatever happens otherwise though. Like no one's yeah. going to make you, but some people do well with just static stuff. And sometimes I do, but I found the average with the video stuff is a lot higher. Um, did that one like big one that blew up uh get you any like clients or did you sell a lot of prints from that or anything like that um i don't know if it got me any like clients um i sold a couple prints um i think i just do not have a good understanding of how to run a print shop because i really didn't want to print out everything and fulfill everything myself so i just did everything Mm -hmm. on threadless because i really like that they like handle the shipping for you and everything but they take like half of your profits so it's like yeah a little bit rough and it's just like oh i do want to get into designing my own like print store and having that up and running but the idea of like it's annoying everything i do up and like mailing everything is just like i can't i can't do it I, when i what i try to think about because when i'm doing it is like i just think about all the money they're not taking from me you know because <laughs> the margins are a lot better and i found it kind of is a little bit more uh sentimental or something you know or like intimate yeah. where i actually I, i'll sign it and Sometimes I'll write a note or whatever, unless I have a uh-huh. lot to fulfill. And it feels um, it feels cooler to see, like, I sent yeah. you this from my house with the happy face sticker on it rather than, like, yeah. some company in another state. I've never even seen it, and you get it. Mm-hmm. But that's also, like, me probably just romanticizing it because it's <laughs> annoying to do, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's definitely something I want to pursue, but it's also just, like, I guess at the moment I love working on branding projects and like allocating mm-hmm. time towards just like other things. So right. maybe one day, but same with YouTube. Like I think YouTube would be a really cool thing, but I'm also like fairly introverted and very camera shy. So I don't know if I'd want to get into that either. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I, I was, <laughs> or I am still like, I, I get like, sometimes I just like black out and I'll record like an hour video, you know? <laughs> And I'm like, fuck it. Hopefully it's cooler. I think it gets easier um, when people say it's cool because it gives you like yeah. confidence and you're like, oh, hell yeah. I first started like took me like, you know, a year just to get like 500 subs or whatever. And I've noticed like it's exponential. Like mm-hmm. then the next like six months was already to like a thousand or five thousand or whatever. And it, it goes like that. So when you get people telling you like they like this or this made them happy or they were stoked on this, it's a lot, it's like we were saying where it's a lot easier to like, it, maybe it's selfish or whatever, but it's like, it's like motivating, I guess. Cause you don't want, if someone says like, oh, I was waiting for, to, to watch this when you said you were going to put it out, it's better than putting it out and like eight people watch it and you're just like, <laughs> fuck, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, have you, uh, like, what was I going to ask you? Uh, 
Oh, one of the the last things I actually wanted to ask you because I was reading this on your about page, I think you taught a class, right? You said, oh yeah, like a branding mm-hmm. thing. Do you currently mm-hmm. do that or was that a past thing? Oh no, I only did that when I was a student. Um, it was the same branding class that I took that got me into branding. Mm-hmm. And so my friend taught it and then she graduated and then I basically kind of took over her position. And it was, it was really cool to like come up with lesson plans because we kind of like realized at the time, like the branding decal didn't actually have branding in itself. And so like mm-hmm. me and the next kind of cohort of students that took over it decided to like brand it and give it a logo and like have a color palette and type and everything. And then we kind of like completely reformatted all of the lesson plans as well. So we were completely starting from scratch. And it's just like, I think um, being a teacher for like those three semesters or so was just like really rewarding because you get to see all these people and like you get to share your passion of branding with them. Mm-hmm. And you get to see them learn like the stuff that you learned that turned you on to design in, in the first place. And like, I think teaching just makes you learn a lot yourself. Yeah, is that something you think you wanna pursue it anymore in the future? Yeah, if someone wants me to teach, then yeah, I'd love to teach, but um, yeah, I think we're all just works in progress. Like I think I have a lot of learning and growing to do in terms of like public speaking and like Mm. making sure I'm eloquent enough and stuff like that, so. But yeah, I think it was a really fun experience, so I'd love to do it again. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, and I found that in my own experience, learning from other people and uh, in a sense, teaching with some of the stuff I do that sometimes being closer to the point of the student is more helpful because you're not as far away from them in experience or in style or like knowing what's going on. Like, like I know a lot more about what's going on in the design world than like my professor that was like 50. You know, that's true. Yeah. You may know more (laughs) about like the history of like fonts and all this shit, but mm-hmm. like he doesn't know anything about social media. So it's kind of <laughs> like, uh, I think it helps to be like still grounded in like the current, you know, younger people environment or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And just learning and like just being dialed into like all the graphic design and brand trends that are coming out every day. It's just like mm-hmm. completely different landscape, but between now and like 30 years ago. So for sure. Well, shit, um, if you do end up doing any teaching stuff, that would be cool. And I'm stoked to see what else you do with uh, all the stuff on Instagram and your branding stuff. And thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and everyone, you can check out Katrina on Instagram, uh, Edgy Katrina, and her website, uh, Katrina Romulo. And thank you, and we'll see you next time. Peace out. Thank you.